Welcome to Language During Mealtime. Certified speech-language pathologist and children's book author Becca Eisenberg brings you creative professionals from the language learning and children's education field. With these ideas, parents can help their children with special needs improve language and reading abilities. Hi, my name is Becca Eisenberg. Welcome to my podcast, Language During Mealtime, episode number 83. Today, I'll be interviewing Katherine Manning, author of the book, Be the Dragon, Nine Keys to Unlocking Your Inner Magic. Catherine is a children's book author and editor in Los Angeles, California. So thank you so much for being here, Catherine, today. I'm really excited to talk about your book, which I think is so unique and it's got so many great ideas. Oh, thanks, Becca. Thank you so much for having me. This is a real thrill. I was telling you before, I'm, I'm a big fan of the podcast. So oh, thanks. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm really I'm excited to talk about it. So for anyone who doesn't know about your book, maybe can you talk a little bit about what your book is about and um, kind of your inspiration behind writing it? Yeah. So Be the Dragon is meant to be sort of like a, a whimsical guide for readers ages seven to 10. Although really it could be for the whole family. I have a two and a half year old and he loves to just thumb through the pictures and hear some of the stories. So it's kind of an all ages deal. And it's meant to help readers connect to their inner power, their intuition, um, and move through challenging moments, giving different strategies. Um, so we've got everything from listening to your inner roars, uh, feeling all the feelings, even the rumbly ones, uh, discovering your passions, and finding fellow dragons who help you grow and glow. <laughs> so it's sort of wrapped up in this like fairy tale or folklore bow. And I have to say, I had a lot of fun with all the dragon puns. Um, but at the heart of it, it's really meant to be sort of entertaining and empowering. Um, and the illustrations by Melanie Demmer are just so charming and bring it to life in a really fun, whimsical way as well. So how did you think of like organizing the book? Because I feel like there's, you know, there's so many different activities that you could, you know, that you could start with. So I was wondering if you could just explain to um, anyone listening about how the book is organized and also just the format of it, because the mm -hmm. format, which I really like, it's, you know, it's visual and it's also very consistent. Mm -hmm. So. I like, you know, I always like that, you know, as a speech pathologist, like I love things that are like visual and consistent. Right. Um, so it's almost like following a recipe in a way. Yeah. So I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about your thoughts and organizing all your different creative ideas for the book. Yeah, sure. So it's organized in 10 different sections. Each one tackles a different theme and they all have a short story or a fable about a particular dragon who lives in a magical place, has some sort of magical ability and overcomes some sort of unique obstacle. Those were so fun to write. I, I love those. And then after the short story, there's a quiz that's sort of related to the theme of the story and also activities that we call quests. Um, and after you do those quests, you get a power that's unlocked. So it could be like kindness, or even perspective or confidence and also a bravery rating. So at the end, after you've done all the quizzes and all of the activities, you can tally up your results. Um, so there's a few ways you could really go about it. You could do it chronologically and just start 
from the beginning and hit each chapter and each quiz and activity. Or if you're looking for help with a certain skill set or something's on your mind, you need help with some sort of problem solving or confidence boosting or finding your passion or what have you, you could jump around to the different themes. Like um, one of them is called Start Where You Are or Share Your Magic, Listen to Your Inner Wars. Um, also, all the activities or the quests uh, vary in terms of difficulty or materials needed. So that's another way you could sort of jump around if you wanted to. Um, if you're a parent who wants to do a fun science experiment on a rainy day or something, you could go to one of the sciencey activities. Like we've got uh, making your own bath bomb. Um, we've got the classic volcano activity you could do. Or you know if you need to get some energy out or you're traveling or you don't have a lot of materials on hand, you could do the dragon dance where all you need is some music and your body and you can go to town. Um, or maybe it's a good time to like get creative. So there's artistic activities in there as well. So there's a little something for everyone and, and you really could go about it in a, a few different ways. I mean, I'm just also thinking too, like just a um, bring it up like I think it's great activities to use in a classroom. Oh, sure. Yeah. I just think that, um, you know, for a teacher, it's really laid out really nicely. It's very visual. You know, the kids can mm -hmm. follow along. And what's so really interesting is that, you know, in the end, having these quizzes, you know, talking about, you know, having the kids do the quizzes. But then even doing, you know, like some like sort of like math concepts at the end, like who chose this answer or who likes, you know, getting into different groups of other kids who have common interests. Yeah. Um, and so I was just thinking about that because I just feel like it meets a lot of the, the you know, the common core standards, um, sure. like social, social, emotional development. Um, but, you know, also just like following directions and, you know, kind of just thinking outside the box, like having that imagination, mm -hmm. which I think is so hard now. Yeah, it you is. Know, it's so hard for kids. I think, especially, you know, during the pandemic and being home mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of being into a lot of screens. Yeah. I think that's why your book is so important just to kind of like break out of that a little bit and be creative. Um, but, but structured at the same time. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I totally feel you on the pandemic woes and, and trying to get into that imagination mode um, and break away from the screens and really just having that, that piece of paper to draw your inner dragon alter ego or um, playing dress up or there's a bunch of different um, sort of tactile or real world activities uh, to sort of get back to the basics and, and, and reconnect with your inner self without the distractions of the world. Um, so I'm so glad that you, you touched upon that because that's great. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. And just, um, the next question was just about a dragon. Cause there's so much about a dragon, you know, obviously the title, but throughout the book. And I was just wondering about, you know, why you chose a dragon mm -hmm. as a theme in your book. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and it's got kind of a fun story behind it. So in the 2017 Women's March in D.C. I don't know if you remember. Oh, I remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a big moment. <laughs> there was a, a young protester who held up a sign that said something like, don't make me the damsel in distress who needs saving from the fierce dragon. I am the dragon and I will eat you whole. 
And that really sparked this idea for the book. Like, yeah, of course, why don't we reframe this notion of what dragons are and have been in many tales in the Western canon, at least, and, and flip the script? Because kids really are these magical beings that have intuition and mindfulness and strength within them inherently. And sometimes the noise of the world, especially our adult world, gets in the way of that. So this book is really meant to connect with that idea that, yes, you can be the powerful dragon and you can define what that means and make space for that in the world. Yeah, that's really, that's really cool. And you explained that also in the beginning mm-hmm. you know, of the book to, to the reader about, um, about the dragon, but also like, what like, what would you like, like when you were, when you were writing the book, what was your goal in children like learning as far as like, what would you like for them to learn from the book um, or, you know, be able to reflect on after, let's say going through some of the activities, what did you feel like is like one of the most, most important concepts that come out of the book? Sure. Yeah. For writing this, a lot of the time I was thinking of my son who is a bit young on the younger side, but um, we're sort of in the throes of teaching him social emotional learning and, you know, making sure that he knows that all of his feelings are valid and, um, and help him move through his feelings with confidence and security and, to recognize the power in that and his sort of inner power and strength. Um, so that's something I would love for readers to take away is that you do have this inner magic. And even if you're feeling something really hard or you're going through something really hard or there are obstacles in front of you, you can get through it. And there are different ways. Um, you know, there's no one size fits all to life or <laughs> to meeting those challenges. And so this is meant to be sort of one of the ways you can experiment with what works best for you and your body and um, your temperament and how, um, and, and that hopefully these skills sort of stick with you as you move on and, and through life um, as you get older. I'm still learning all of these things and still using yeah, these. No, no, me too. And I, I just think emotions, it's one of the things like that, you know, with my caseload with the, because I work with children with different complex communication needs. And, and um, mm. one of the things we're always working on is emotions and feelings. Yeah. And I just for also, but for a lot of kids, I think sometimes kids have trouble like they, they have all these feelings, but they can't always label it all the time. Right. So I think for us as parents um, to be able to like to model and label those feelings um, is important because some kids just don't have the vocabulary. They have these feelings, but they don't know what that is. They don't have that name for mm-hmm. it. Um, so I think that's just always one of those things that I always feel like we have to teach emotions within context and also like you know the book is a great structured way of kind of like talking about um courage and actually that's the next question mm-hmm. i had for you was the concept of courage and like mm-hmm. you know because i think that's one of those things that's hard to explain to kids yeah um because like there's so many different types of courage right like you could mm-hmm. what what's brave for one person is different for another Definitely. So I was wondering if you had kind of any ideas on how to explain that concept of courage to kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. When I think of the concept of courage, when I was growing up, 
I, it had sort of this abstractness to it. Um, and, and it was sort of like one thing, at least this is how it was taught to me is it, it meant doing something you were afraid to do. And that's sort of it. And that image actually of the knight charging towards the dragon comes to mind that you're just going to barrel through and you're going to swoop in and you're going to save whoever. And it's very active and intense. Um, but that really never worked for me. That sort of like, feel that fear and do it anyway, even if you're scared, you know, push through mentality. Um, so I've since learned there are other ways to connect to that bravery and, you know, that inner courage. And I think I look at fear differently too, related to what we were just talking about, that it's not something to just power through or ignore or stamp down, um, but something to allow and and not to judge and, and just to feel and, and move through it in your own way and in your own time. And I think there's bravery in that, you know, and, and listening to that inner voice um, and feeling those hard feelings, uh, just pausing, observing, allowing, and then finding that creative way to achieve your inner calm and peace and having the clear headedness to figure out what is right in that situation. I think that is courageous in itself. Um, but every kid is different. Every kid is going to understand courage differently, like as you were saying, and have different strategies to achieve that bravery. So that's why we sort of packed in a bunch of different strategies in the book to for folks to sort of experiment with what feels right or works best in the moment. Um, but I, I don't know. I think especially in these times that we're in, we're called to be brave and, and to figure out this new world <laughs> that we're in. I think it's just the time to be extra gentle with ourselves and to define it in however you know small or large way that we can um, and, and take it one step at a time. Yeah, exactly. Because for some kids, you know, I would say courage is even going up to another child and like, you know, saying hi and trying yes. to have a conversation. Yes. You know, it's like it could mean something to different to each child. I think it's different. For sure. That's what my son is working on right now. Uh, being, especially as a pandemic kid, he hasn't had a lot of social interaction. Now he's in school and that's something he's really... Um, learning and it is like a skill set to learn it of talking to other kids talking to the teacher you know using what we call the brave voice <laughs> as opposed to sort of retreating um but but also allowing him to do that in his own time and not rushing it or forcing it um there's bravery in, in recognizing you're not ready to Right. So what's, so what's like one like activity that you kind of think off the top of your head that you would like to kind of talk about a little bit, um, during the podcast, that's like one of your favorites or maybe one of the ones you started, like that you started with or anything that you would like to kind of talk about as an example for other parents listening. Sure. Okay. Can I, um, cheat and use two? Oh yes, of course. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Um, Also, one of my favorites is the self-portrait. I'm holding this up even though my Zoom is kind of blurry. Um, The self-portrait to sort of channel your dragon alter ego and to get really artistic with it. I am not an artist by any means. I'll leave that to to Melanie here. But it, it was a really fun activity to take materials that you have about markers, crayons, colored pencils, 
glitter, confetti, tissue paper, glue, whatever you have. And to make this sort of, you know, either realistic or abstract version of a dragon that you sort of feel connected to and related to. And then you have this sort of piece at the end of it, this art art piece um, that you can call up in your mind later. Like, this is my dragon alter ego. You can name it. You know, I I think of like the Beyonce sort of Sasha Fierce alter ego, where you have your dragon version of your Sasha Fierce and you can think about, okay, if I'm called to do something hard and I need to be brave, I can channel this inner dragon (laughs) who is a part of me and and move through it and and do whatever needs to be done. So that's one that I I really like. The second one that I like is um, it's creating a energy bites that we call them dragon bites, but I'm a baker. So um, that was a fun one for me to include. And it's, it's a really easy, no bake recipe, basically mix everything together, make little dragon balls and, and put it in the fridge. And then you have like these delicious, sweet treats that give you lots of energy <laughs> afterwards. Well, that's really cool. I think for any, any parent out there or a teacher or educator, like I think even, you know, as a speech pathologist, I would use one of these in like a group, a Mm. small group to do, um, you know, reading the directions and talking about also like some really nice, like literal languages as well. Something like a little bit more abstract language. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think it's, I think it's really cool. So um, I just want, and then to get in touch with you, it's, you could go to workmanpublishing.com to check out, um, to check out Catherine's bio on there, um, and to see any possible future, future books that she may have. Yeah, that would be great. And Workman has some good social handles too. Um, they've been posting some fun pictures of the book and, and kids doing the activities and such. So that's fun to look at too. Well, so is there anything that you want to add before we finish up today? Yeah, no, I just want to thank you again for the opportunity to talk about the book. And um, I'm so excited to, as I've been saying, I've been looking at the um, social posts of all the the drag young dragons out there <laughs> doing the work. And uh, it's been really fun to see. So I, I can't wait to to see more um, and how the readers sort of connect with, with the book and, and with their inner dragons. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being on. And um, I look forward to seeing more of your work. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. Listen and learn with us at Language Sharing Mealtime. Bye.